0: Join us and 1,200 plus other investors at the premier event for Commercial Real Estate Pros at the 2024 Best Ever Conference in Salt Lake City, Utah. Get exclusive economic insights from top industry economists, learn actionable strategies to scale your business, expand your network and discover new investment opportunities. Use our exclusive promo code SPBEC24 to save 10% on your ticket. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Preck. And today, our guest is Jim Lee. And he is a real estate investor and founder of Formosa Investing. He's received his Bachelor of Science degree in economics from UCLA and started his career as an inside sales rep for LoopNet and CoStar. And by being the top sales rep and winning a 50K sales incentive bonus, he used that savings to purchase his first two-bedroom, one-bath condo. And that led into investing over 600 units in the past two years, where he's participated as a general partner and limited partner in syndication deals. So Jim, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, Eileen.
0: Thank you. So, Dim, can you start off by sharing a little bit more about your background and how you got started with real estate?
1: Yeah. So I got started with real estate. It was essentially the first job out off of the college. I was fortunate enough to land a job as an inside sales rep at Loopnet. For those who don't aren't familiar with Loopnet, it's basically Zillow for commercial real estate. I was able to speak to real estate investors, property managers, lenders on a daily basis so that I learned the importance of having multiple stream of income. And from there, I started acquiring real estate for additional passive income and eventually it transitioned to become a realtor, a syndicator. And that's how now I'm starting to syndicate multi apartment units.
0: Did you start off while working at LoopNet and after you started purchasing your own investment properties, did you purchase in California first or did you look outside of the state?
1: Yeah. So my first deal, I wanted to buy something local because I had read somewhere that you want to be able to manage a property that's driving distance within two hours. And so I live in Diamond Bar. So I bought my first condo was in Ontario, which is 15 minutes away from here. And it was a two bedroom, one bathroom condo. And I use all cash offer to purchase this condo. It was a short sale. That was my first deal.
0: So, how did you transition from that first condo into getting into multifamily syndications? And was it as a limited partner first, or was it as a general partner to start off with?
1: It was a general partner to start off with. So I basically jumped through the hoops and network and found a business partner and I was able to leverage his track record experience to be able to syndicate my first deal. So that's that. But how did I go from two bedroom, one bathroom, condo to multifamily apartment units? Well... When I first bought this first deal, I was very actively involved. I did everything from A to Z. You deal with the tenant, toilet, trash, like I did all of it. <laughs> Run the background check, collect the rent, did the maintenance. And and so I told myself, this is not the way how it should be. Like, I want this to be more passive. So I started to automate things, delegate tasks to the property manager and so forth, then have a list of vendors. That's when I started to think, well, if I can do this for one unit, why can't I scale it to a hundred units? So it doesn't make that much of a difference. Because essentially, it's the same amount of work, but you're just dealing with bigger numbers. And it's a lot easier to scale too if you target 100 plus units because you can can just hire an on-site manager versus you can't really do that for if you own 10 condos, right? It's harder that way. It's three roofs versus potentially 100 roofs if you have 100 condos. So that's how I started to think about just scaling bigger. Like, all right, go big, go fast. And that's why I got into syndication.
0: When you went from the one unit to thinking to grow to buying 100 units under one roof instead of having to buy like 10 or multiple different condos or single-family homes, did that ever slow you down or kind of hold you back a little bit from getting into multifamily space? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I'm a very analytical person. So I always come to this analysis paralysis. And I think when I analyze too much sometimes i feel like i'm just not educated enough like i probably need to know more to come to this halt of like okay am i looking at things the way it should be or should i look at it from a different perspective right because i look at things like there's like three sides of the coin right not just two sides not the heads and tails you can stay on the edge and you can understand both sides so i try to think about that way and so yeah
0: so how did you find your first partner when you got into multifamily and then which market was it in?
1: So I started studying for syndication back in 2020 during the lockdown because I was a realtor and I couldn't do anything. My hands were tied behind my back. So I started studying and then I went out to network in Dallas and Florida, Carolinas and just got all these different events, mastermind groups, pretty sure you guys all heard of like Brad Sumrock think multifamily, multifamily investor nation. So those big industry leaders that they put out these conferences. So I attended all of them. And eventually I met my business partner at an event called Investor Summit. And this is the biggest event that's run by the Real Estate Guy radio show. hosts, Robin Helms and Russell Gray, they run that once a year in Belize. And it's like a 10-day event. They recruit like the biggest player in each game like that sells gold and silver, real estate, Bitcoin, all that stuff. Like get together and they mastermind. So that's where I met my business partner. And then he also syndicates in here, Los Angeles, Long Beach. He syndicated, I think, about six or seven multifamily apartment units. And then so that's how I met each other. So basically... At the time when I met him, I was able to add some value to be able to add some value to his life because he has five kids. He does everything from A to Z. He raises capital, manages the deal, underwrites the deal, finds the deal, and all that, right? So now that he's running out of time, resources, he needed to delegate some task away, and he brought me on board to help him raise capital.
0: Got it. And so, for your first deal, was it in for multifamily? Was it in California or was it outside?
1: It's outside. The reason why is because we wanted to partner together to do a deal in Long Beach, but the numbers just... We couldn't make the numbers make sense to our investor. On top of that, because of eviction moratorium, as you know, I saw a lot of my investors get screwed because tenants not paying. And so... Just a lot of things to consider. And so we shift our strategy and look outside of it. And that's part of the reason why we attend these events, these conferences, to network with other syndicator who specialize in other markets, right? Each market, they all have their own expert syndicators. So that's why we go attend these meetings so often. And yeah, so that eventually we were able to do a deal outside of California in Florida because we partnered with someone from Think Multifamily. They've been in there for four or five years and have solid track record. And that's why we decided to partner with them.
0: Got it. Was it challenging to go into a new market?
1: Yes, yes and no. Challenging as in like, you got to have boots on the ground, right? I think at the end of the day, if nobody from your team's there, it makes your job so much more difficult to do anything, right? To get everything, to get the operation more efficient, cut down costs, add amenities, manage it correctly. Also be on the lookout for your contractors, making sure that they're doing their job. So all this stuff, it's very important. So if you don't have boots on the ground, I suggest you get one for the markets you're investing in. And so like, that's the number one thing that we always have actually all the deals the least sponsors they're actually from the state so it's very easy for them to manage the whole operation and so forth
0: we love hosting this show when we started this podcast we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves now we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about serving you our listener at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So for you, you focus primarily on the capital raising side of things, it sounds like. When you first got started, how did you find your investors and were they educated in the space or did you have to educate them first in syndications and that entire market or that entire industry and how it works? Great
1: question. So like I mentioned earlier, when I switched over from WT job to become a realtor, I kind of took what I'd been doing my whole life as an inside sales rep, which is make a lot of phone calls and close people over the phone. So I'm more used to just doing insights. I took that over to being a realtor, which is not very effective, but that's how I built up my list of investors because I called absentee owner list. So these are people who don't, it's not owner occupied, it's a rental unit. And so these are all investors, right? And so I called the list of investors and eventually built this list. And during lockdown, when I couldn't do anything, I was exploring other avenues to make money with real estate. And that's how I came across syndication because one of my investors... Introduced me this show called The Real Sagai Radio Show. I listened to them and they taught me syndication. And that's how I put the pieces together where I'm like, I have this list of investors. So now what can I do with this list of investors with syndication? And it wasn't in syndication. You need to raise capital. So. When I put that those pieces together, I was just missing the track record, the deal and all that stuff, right? The credibility to be able to syndicate my first deal. And so it was a process because it still took me time to still nurture this list of investors to educate them on syndication. Because right now... I'm still going through that hurdle, (laughs) so to speak. So if you have any advice, I'd be welcome to take them.
0: (laughs) So what are some of the ways that you've been nurturing or building up that relationship with your network of investors?
1: Yeah, so what I've been doing is just marketing. Besides being a capital raiser, my role is more investor relation and marketing. And marketing is just putting myself out there and basically... Let the world know what I know and essentially trying to pass this message back down to and educate the whole audience and in, in the most efficient and effective way. And that means by going on podcast shows like yours or just hosting webinars, volunteer at real estate local meetup clubs, which is what I'm doing, and then starting your own meetups as well and writing newsletters to continue to keeping engaged with your investors educate them on syndication, fundamentals, what to look out for. Yeah. So in writing ebook, having a lead magnet on your website. So when you attract all your audience, your avatar, that's when people relate to you and they'll eventually know, like, and trust you and invest in you. That's what I've been doing.
0: And how did you build up your knowledge within the syndication space when you first started? I know you mentioned you went to a bunch of real estate meetups, conferences, started networking a ton, but how else did you learn the actual model of syndication and how to become a GP and work the deals and all the investor relationships and all the ins and outs that go within a syndication?
1: I think that's just all education, right? I think it comes in various forms, whether it's hitting the books, that's right behind me, uh, and just buy a bunch of real estate books, syndication books. Nowadays, actually, more and more people are writing how to syndicate or what is syndication or how to raise capital, right? That's the mastermind group that I'm part of with called Raise Master. And so... Besides that, there's also the internet. Internet is just a vast amount of resources. YouTube, podcasts. I think information is so easy to get nowadays. So there's really no excuse for anyone not to... Be able to have this type of information. It's just how badly do you want it at the end of the day? Is this something that you're very passionate about? You can see yourself doing long-term and basically just enjoy doing it. And that's what I like about syndication. I'm a big believer in it, how it can create financial wealth for everyone. And that's one thing that I think all of us have a goal in.
0: And what's next for you, Jim? What are you looking to focus on in the upcoming future here?
1: Well, just continue to do more of the same thing that I've been doing. I think right now it's a good building base, so to speak. I don't know, because we're in a recession and I know a lot of people are living in this fear and maybe they, I don't know. I can understand because my family comes from that kind of background too, but I think it's just a mindset. I think we got to continue to push forward. And that's what I'm doing. Just trying to enjoy the journey, right? I think I'm pretty sure you've heard of something like to this destination. The success is not in the destination. It's in the journey, right? So I'm just trying to enjoy this, every bit of this building phase of building the syndication business and just waiting to see how this is going to come out at the end.
0: So, one thing I caught on is you also mentioned that your family has some of that fear because I would imagine they have certain ways of how they think about money and investing and things like that. And as you're going through syndications and doing this other way of investing, and how do we look at money and building up your wealth, how did you push back those thoughts and fears that you were brought up with and that you had grown up with into doing what you're doing today?
1: That's a great question. And you heard this probably like thousands of times, but it's about surrounding yourself with like-minded people, right? I think when I constantly go to these real estate meetup club, at least once a week, everybody talks about real estate and you're basically surrounding yourself with people that want to grow, that want to continue to expand, that want to add more units. They're hungry, even in recession. Who cares? In 2008, when everything crashed, well, guess what? There's A bunch of people that also made a lot of money during that time because they're not scared. You can't be scared. And that's the mindset you got to have if you want to be rich. You got to be rich in the mind first before you can be actual rich, like (laughs) money-wise. Otherwise, if you don't have that mindset, you're just going to lose it all, right? I'm pretty sure you heard of like winning lottery and people just lose it all because they don't have that rich mindset to keep it.
0: So Jim, how has real estate investing impacted your life?
1: A lot a lot. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I was fortunate enough to land my first job out of college working at LoopNet. And because of that, it kind of helped me, propelled my, got me into real estate and I've always stuck by it. And it's always done me wonders. Knock on wood, I haven't really lost money except for one deal that I partnered with, but it was an RCFE, like Residential Elderly Assisted Living. And it was right before the lockdown. And one of my business partners, it was fear, scared to continue on. So we decided to dissolve and lost some money there. But besides that, real estate has treated me really well. And I'm a big believer in it. And at the end of the day, I look at it this: I started out with stocks, right? Like most Asians, I'm not trying to stereotype anything. It's easy. Lost some money there. But then I realized real estate has never lost money. And as I continue to network with other people, I've also come to realize that people at the end of the the investing cycle, right, towards the end of the life, like 60, 70 years old, a lot of people, they like to put a majority of the stake in real estate. I mean, just look at Bill Gates. He bought all this land because real estate, it's the most stable asset class you can get in and you have tax write-off. So it's like, there's no brainer. It's backed by tangible asset. So no matter how you look at it, I think real estate reigns supreme. I'm not trying to be biased here.
0: And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Well, just like I mentioned, uh, it's just get educated because when I say about the three sides of the coin, I'm talking about the saver's mentality. I told you I bought my first deal with cash offer, right? Well, when I picked up the Rich Dad Poor Dad, the book, and I started reading it and I realized how what a big fatal mistake I made. I could have divided that into five pieces of down payment and have five condos instead of one. So that was the mistake I learned.
0: And then what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I think
1: education and networking. I think you just have to really educate yourself and really put yourself out there. I wasn't good at networking and I had to really get comfortable being uncomfortable. So it's paid dividends. I met my business partner, was able to syndicate my first two deals. That's 200 to 400 unit apartment building. So again, I'm just enjoying the journey.
0: So Jim, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing?
1: They can check out my website, formosainvesting.com. I wrote a short 20-pager ebook. Just talks more about like my personal journey, how I came from investor to a syndicator. And then they can also connect me on social media links, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook at Formosa
0: Investing. Awesome. Jim, thank you so much for all of your time today. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you.
0: And thank you for listening to our podcast today brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review.